Ultra. Back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end or the lager end of the world's end one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we're preparing to annihilate Minute 20, which begins with Gary telling the cop that they're going to have a crack at the Golden Mile and ends with the B&B landlady asking if they have any plans for dinner. Yeah. Super chill minute. Very chill minute. Uh, it's, uh, it is It is the... Um, I mean, you know, they've they've arrived in Newton Haven. I mean, here 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 we are. Uh, we're we're about to get started. Next week is the first post. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, next next week is our our first stop on the Golden Mile. Um, pretty uh pretty excited about getting this thing going. Yeah. So yeah. uh, again, I don't think this has ever happened to me with the cop in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This guy is like giving him advice and yeah. wishing him well. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I don't um yeah, I've never had an interaction with a police officer like this. Uh uh even even as a white guy and all the privilege that comes with that, um I don't think I've ever had a conversation with a police officer that was anything like this. Maybe maybe when um not not in this scenario where I've been pulled over uh, certainly when I've worked at like when I worked at Subway in high school and they would like come in for their free subs, we were giving them free food. So they sure. were pretty chill. Yeah. There. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Like you said, when uh, I don't know, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like even when you call the cops, I remember one time yeah. there was this guy back when I was living in Oklahoma city that was like trying to, he thought, he thought I was in his house. What? He was just like on drugs and he was just like banging on my window and he was like, get out of my house. You're in my house. And I was like, all right, well, time to call the cops and hope for the best. And Jesus, even then it was like, it's always like talking to a stormtrooper. Yeah. You know, for sure. You could kill me and get away with it. Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh it, yeah it's 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 yeah it's rough because even even within the subway scenario <laughs> i still had like a really you know like really fucked up conversation with a with a uh, a cop once where like i referred to him as a cop like i think i was like making conversation and it was like oh do you like being a cop or whatever and he was just like don't ever don't ever call us a cop you call us a police officer you call us nothing at all Calling us a cop is the equivalent to calling us a pig. Are you calling me a pig? I'm like, what the fuck is what is happening right now? Like I I and I was like in high school and I was like, am I gonna get like fucking arrested because I just called him a cop? Like what? Yeah. Like yeah. Okay, man. They're they're all real fucking uptight about shit. And it's it it drives me crazy. Um I don't know. It's like yeah, I'm sure it's a stressful job. I I saw end of watch. But (laughs) right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um chill out man yeah so this is crazy though it should be noted that <laughs> yeah. this is their first official interaction with a blank that's true oh wow wow that that changes everything maybe that's why he's being so docile and passive yeah yeah um that's entirely possible i think uh but yeah this is this is their first interaction with a blank um tells them to it's interesting though because he tells him like you know get that brake light fixed Maybe have an emissions test. So he's like giving him advice, but like, is, does he have any intention of like allowing them to follow through on that advice? Well, so that, or that's are they really, like, are they like, oh, we're like, I don't have to worry about any of this shit because none of it matters because you all are going to be blanks after you leave here. <laughs> that's really, that's really <clears throat> interesting, Scott. I, I think my head cannon, because I remember that we meet this guy again with the context of that's a blank. And I think. Right. For some reason, my head cannon was always that that happened after this interaction. Oh, but the idea of this is what the blanks, this is what a blank police officer is like. Yeah, 
because you know, and and I can't, I can't wait to get into the social sci-fi aspects of this movie. But in the the thesis statement of this movie is that the world would be better. It's just not real. It's just we don't have any freedom to do right. what we want to do, <laughs> to get loaded and have a good time. So, like, right. to the corporation or the network, uh, this is what a police officer should be like. He should be authoritative and firm, but helpful and not cruel or bullying. Right. So it's like in a, in the perfect network world, this is what a police officer would be like. Right. Like you, Interesting. you get the sense that if Gary was like, Hey, fuck you asshole. You know, I'm, you know, I'm Gary King. He would be like, sir, if you keep acting like that, I'm going to have to arrest you. You know, he wouldn't be like, yeah. Hey, fuck you, man. You know who I am? I'm a cop. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Get, get out of the fucking car. Get on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that thing. Yeah. Just like instantly like, like, oh, you're going to wave your dick around? Well, my dick's way bigger. So yeah. fuck you, buddy. They gave Get me on the a, fucking ground. They gave me a dick when I graduated from cop school. Yeah. They gave me a way bigger dick than yours. <laughs> oh, America's great. Um, <laughs> Again, you society's know. Society's wonderful. You know, who, oh, you, know, know, you, you know who never waved their dick around? Judy Hopps. <laughs> Judy Hopps never waved her dick around. Never. What would Judy Hopps do? Remember Hopps that, everybody. Yeah. What would Judy Hopps do? Uh, that the water buffalo, the interest Elba cop. It was nice that they wished everyone. A, they wished uh, what's her name a happy birthday. I haven't seen Zootopia. what is this. I remember in Zootopia it was someone's birthday. Oh right, that's right. Okay, yeah. I need to watch yeah. that movie again. It's been a minute. Yeah, I haven't seen it since theaters. I remember loving it, but then there was like this weird backlash that happened. Really? Um, where, I, I where, yeah, where people were like, "It's bad, actually." Um, and I, uh, you I know, missed, how I film missed, Twitter does. I missed that one. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. know, I know, uh, I know. Furry Twitter, I know. Furry culture got a hold of it, and that, yeah, well, it didn't have anything to do with that. It had to do with like the message of the race relations. Uh, well, like yeah, the, I mean, like Zootopia is really weird in that. The carnivores had to just like change the way their bodies worked. Right. But it was also like the metaphor is that they're like non white people, but then, but in, but and it's like, oh, see how like people are like scared of them uh, for no reason. But then like the movie is like, well, but actually there is a reason. <laughs> yeah, deep down. So it was like, there was like a, it's like a part of it that's like kind of fucked up and not like totally thought through. I think, it, I think that just comes to, that's what happens when you use Algary. Right, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, it's why that's it's, the problem. That's it's the whole problem with allegory. Yeah. It's why it's why Bright falls apart. It's why right. Lord of the Rings, Tolkien never meant for it to be allegory. He never, I mean, yeah, you could derive, there's coding because that's how we communicate as humans. Right. Symbols. Symbols, you know, yeah. but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to find a way to work this back into the world's end. Um, well, I mean, there's, there's allegory here. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the social science, the social, uh, sci-fi, uh, sci-fi stuff. Um, so we find out that Gary, the car is the beast is still registered to Pete and it has been since 1989. Yeah. He's changed the log books three times. Every time, every time Peter moves, uh, he changes the log books. Uh, and then he says, where do you think all those points came from? You guys need to fucking relax. <laughs> just i just love it because he's just he's like oh jesus like you guys need to relax and but like he's been putting points on his license <laughs> where do you think all those points came from uh i which i assume i assume it's the same way it works in america where you get like points on your license when you uh when you get um when you do tickets bad. and stuff yeah, yeah. I assume that that's what he's referencing, though I've never heard it connected to your registration before. Uh, I, you know, I, I've always thought it was like points on your license, your driver's license. So yeah, and um, also we live in California, which has very special Californian Republic r- rules. Yeah, true. Um, so I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if that, if it works exactly the same way or so how badly has Gary been fucking Peter since 1989? Oh God. So badly. I think so badly. 
I just I love I love the idea that like at the end of this trip, like Peter would like take Gary aside and just be like, hey, um, I was wondering, uh, do you think you could like maybe put the beast under your name now? Like, <laughs> for God's sake, please. <laughs> Vanessa's going to kill me. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a referral or arrested. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, you was you, know, you assume that Gary hasn't been the best driver since 1989. That he's gotten pulled over a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, how do, how often does he even really drive? Like, does he really go anywhere? What does he do? That's the thing is there's so he's like he's like Heath Ledger's Joker where you're like, what yeah. is what is he like when he's not doing this? Does, has he ever had a job? Like, right. How was, there, it? was there a point where he was like working at like a fast food place or like? Yeah. Or like, was he like a clerk at a gas station? Yeah. Like, has he been working at a Tesco's or? Because, like, you have to assume that he has never had. I assume that Gary has never had an office job. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe he's like Sean, where he's only he's worked at like shops. Yeah. And maybe he's lucky and he got like a benevolent boss that was like, ah, you're a shithead, but whatever. It's more, it's easier to keep you than to fire you. Yeah. Like in clerks, who owned the quick stop it was like an old married couple right yeah because in clerks I think so because clerks 2 and spoilers for clerks <laughs> 2 is about dante and randall buying the quick stop for themselves right but i don't think rst i think rst was out of business by i want to say by the time jane silent bob strike back comes out and jane I think silent... rst is already closed because i know in jane silent bob Randall finally puts a restraining order on them. Right. But I think he's working at the quick stop during that. Like they're yes. working the quick stop together. Yes. Because I think the RST is closed. Yeah. Uh, like most, you know, family run video stores by the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Randall just walked over to Dante. Hey, so the video shop's closed. I guess I'm just working here now. <laughs> <laughs> got furloughed from the video store. I got furloughed from the video store. I guess I'm going to work here now. <laughs> Randall. Have you have you heard <laughs> that Mallrats, Mallrats 2 is yeah, about the mall during the coronavirus? Yeah. Like, fuck, yeah. Dude, come on. What are you doing, man? I I also thought, I, I didn't know that it was called Twilight of the Mallrats. Yeah, sure is. Did you hear about movies? Yeah. With the, I, I, the the little lunch lunchbox if, kits, I was thinking about like, oh, it'd be fun to like order movies and then watch Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, that's true. But then I saw what I thought it was just going to be burgers, but it looks like it's all like ribs and shit. Yeah, it's it's like weird stuff. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't, I yeah, I don't know. It's like a really weird combination of foods in your little movies lunchbox. Yeah, because I was like, oh yeah, cool, like a subpar fast food burger with a movies box I'd, yeah I'd spend i'm also i'm also entirely unconvinced that you would actually get the movies box i think that was just for show in the ad that kevin smith did oh so it would just come like in a styrofoam yeah i think so uh, i think i think it's like absolute total bullshit um <laughs> honestly <laughs> come on kevin uh like, yeah we're trying yeah but yeah he definitely has um he, he definitely has randall vibes i think he could have been a randall yeah, like somewhere just work, working because you know maybe like a music store. Yeah, yeah, like a record. Yeah, like a yeah, like a record store. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know what the English equivalent of like a Sam Goody or a Tower Records would be. Mm. Listeners, let us know what. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, like you know, yeah, he he had to at least pay rent, unless he's been living with his mom this whole time. Like just living Maybe? at home. I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, I yeah. I, I can't figure out what he does outside of being this character. Because the thing is, we never we never really see him outside of this playing this character. You know, like just in the just in the rehab. That's it. Yeah, he really he really does give me Heath Ledger Joker vibes. Where yeah. like 
you're it's so interesting how Nolan shows you that it is a costume, that there is a real dude under there. The first time we see him, his, his back's to the audience. Right. But it's like, okay, he's not, this isn't Mark Hamill Joker. This isn't Jared Leto Joker. This is just a dude that puts paint over his face. Right. But you never see him at his home in his apartment. Because who he is when he's not wearing the mask doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe who Gary King is without the costume doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of how he got into this mess, right? It's because yeah. he thinks that that, do- that guy doesn't matter. I think my favorite head canon or whatever of Dark Knight is that uh, that he's a veteran. Yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, I don't know. I don't care. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't have. I purposefully don't give myself a head because I don't care. Yeah. I, I I find all of the theories interesting in sure. in that they're they're just that theories. Theories. Yeah. But but like I yeah I, I think I just don't care. Um. Mm-hmm. Also, I haven't watched Dark Knight and probably. I don't know. Probably pushing ten years. Oh man. Um, uh. Since I moved out to L.A., I can't remember why I did this, but I watched all. No, I didn't because Dark Knight Rises in streaming. I watched both of them in like a day oh. just because I was like, I wonder what this is like to watch. both. I of think them I watched. I, I think the last time was Dark Knight when Dark Knight Rises came out. So that was like 2012, right? Yeah, so like 2012? eight years ago. Yeah. So I think that was the last time that I watched the Dark Knight. I've seen Batman Begin several times since then. Yeah. Um, Dark Knight holds I, up. I prefer that one, but uh, yeah, because it's a better Batman movie. Yeah, it's a better Batman movie, and and so when I'm in the mood for a Batman movie, Dark Knight is not where my mind goes. Yeah, um, because it's it's more of just like a Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to be like, oh yeah, it's a crime movie, and it's like that's technically true, but more than anything, it's just, it's a Nolan movie mm-hmm. to me. Um, I don't know. I oh, uh, I'd be I'd be I'm 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 ride or die for the Prestige. You know that. Sure. Yeah. It's uh it's his, it's his most perfect watch. Yeah, I think so. It's his most perfect so. machine. Yeah, I think so. I, um I and love... I think I think once I figured out the allegory for Interstellar, I've enjoyed that a lot more since also. Yeah, Interstellar um, I haven't watched since theaters. Or, or I'm sorry, not Interstellar. What did I, what I didn't mean Interstellar. I meant um Dunkirk. Inter- I I still don't like Interstellar. What's uh Inception? Oh, I love Inception. What, yeah, once I learned the allegory for for uh, Inception, I liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because then it's like I I can enjoy it on a different level than uh, the logic that it's presenting to me, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't really work if you think too long on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you view it as a dreamlike allegory, then it really it works like Gangbusters, and it's really good. What's uh what 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 what, what what's your allegory for Inception? Oh, it's uh, it's it's about filmmaking. Oh, that one, yeah. Where like Arthur, yeah. Arthur's the where uh, where Dom is the director, Ariadne mm-hmm. is the like screenwriter. Right, right. Eves is the then actor. You've got it. You've uh, t- 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 uh, Tom. Uh, Jessica Gordon Levitt. No, not not Tom from Five Hundred Days of Summer. <laughs> Tom the actor. Um, Tom uh, Hardy. Hardy is the actor. Yeah, the leading man. Right, the leading man. Yeah. Uh, um. Can, can and it's Watt- about it's about making it's about the work that goes into making an audience yeah. feel something. Ken Watanabe is the the money. Yeah, yeah. The financiers. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting watching it that way, and I and I I got a lot more out of it um, from there because his movies are so unemotional and so clinical mm-hmm. that like the only way for me to enjoy them is to look at them in that way and like like in an academic way. Yeah, it's actually why I enjoy Dunkirk so much is because I think that is his most emotional movie. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Right. I don't, I do. I, I, I enjoy Dunkirk um, for many reasons. Uh, the biggest of which is that it's, you know, thankfully very short, mm-hmm. uh, but, but it's uh it's, it's a really nice, like intense 90 minutes. And then uh, uh, the only, my only problem with it is the, is the, um, the gimmick, uh, which I think is uh, pointless and needless and just a gimmick. Oh, see, I disagree. I really enjoy the. Are you talking about the way the time? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I don't know. I, I think that lead. I think that helps with the emotional catharsis that you feel at the end. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, for sure, I do agree with that. Uh, I think my my issue with with it as a gimmick is that, um, again, like Memento, without the gimmick, the movie's nothing. Um, and that 
that that feels false to me. I don't know. There's something about it that like bothers me. It's why I don't like Memento. Okay. Um, is because like if you play Memento forwards, the movie doesn't work at all. Like it's it's boring and it's the story is nothing. Um, okay. and so it's it's just this like uh, technical exercise yeah. instead of a movie. Um, and that bothers me. Okay. Uh, and that's that's kind of how I feel about about Dunkirk to a certain extent, not to the extent of Memento, um, because because I think it works better as a movie than Memento does without the gimmick. But, um, I think it's really interesting how. That I don't know. I feel like that movie is sort of leaving the conversation this decade in Memento. You don't really hear it brought up the way that I almost feel like Insomnia has sort of replaced Memento as like the definitive pre-Batman Nolan. Interesting, really. I don't okay. know. Maybe that's just in my timeline, but I don't. I, I feel like I don't really hear kids talking about Memento anymore. Yeah, the, the way that like back in the day, even before Batman Begins, that was like the Randall film nerd movie of like you know I, I i sat down and made my girlfriend watch memento <laughs> oh man i feel bad for her whoever she is <laughs> she, she's got a she's got a boyfriend who's gonna make her watch memento <laughs> he sounds like a nightmare <laughs> oh, man. oh man it's weird um, it's weird how the emerging i don't know in the pie chart of this podcast nolan Kevin Smith and Toy Story seem to keep coming up. Yeah, that that is weird. That's that those are three weird things to keep coming up in this. Uh and yet they do. Um and people who should play who who should replace Doc in the and baby, driver. baby baby driver no guilt edition. Baby driver no guilt edition. <laughs> we sorry. <laughs> we sorry. <laughs> Hello, Edgar right here. Uh sorry. We 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 sorry. <laughs> Enjoy the movie. <laughs> your your Edgar Wright is interesting because I know I can I can I can see the parts of it that you're putting together from other things. Sure. Cause because there's a little there's a little New Zealand in it. Just a little. <laughs> I, I think New Zealand is what ha- I think New Zealand is where my accents lean into when they're not defined. Uh-huh. Like when I when I done when I DM Sometimes I'll uh, my default for like NPCs will be like kind of vaguely like New Zealand Korgish, Korgish kind of type Waititi yeah. ish. Because some yeah. I was doing a Dungeons and Dra- I was doing a Star Wars campaign, and I they meet they meet a clone trooper, and so I was trying to do uh, you know the clone trooper. And sure. Because like, 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 I, th- I think he, I think he's from New Zealand. That actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tamara. Tamara Moore. Tamara. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He because he's the same. Uh, he's the same race as uh, Taika. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good in Aquaman. He's so good in Aquaman. Aquaman's so good. You guys. Aquaman's fucking great. It's so fun. Double feature of Aquaman and Venom. That's a good goddamn time. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Shout out to 2018. <laughs> Uh, I left my heart in 2018. Yeah. So we, we, uh, we get a little bit, man, that, that, the little bit of happy Mondays that we get, it, it sounds like, it sounds like the new radicals to me. Yeah. I could, I could, I, I, I could hear that. I'm actually surprised the new radicals aren't in this. Were they, are they American? Oh, maybe they are. I think the doors is the only American band in the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They are American. And also the new radicals were only active from ninety seven to ninety-nine. So uh, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't work. Well, wow, that's a lot later than I thought. I, I very much like think of them as like an early nineties band, but like Empire Records not. era. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Interesting. Um that's so yeah, album. not at all surprising that new radicals aren't in this. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, yeah, and uh we see God, it's so funny that the cop says, like, you might want to get your emissions checked. And then we just see that the pl- the plume of smoke coming out of the beasts. Like, yeah, around it, the roundabout. I, it's 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 really uh, it's really good because there's there's two uh, plumes of smoke in this minute. One is when they uh, drive away and it's it's clean. Yeah. Um, it almost looks like they hooked a fog machine up to the back of it, you know. Uh, but you could tell that like Edgar Wright was probably not happy with how it looked, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to do like an actual like gross emissions 
uh, uh, thing, you know, like actually hurt the environment because that's sure. that's not good. You don't want to do that. This what is this the seventies? Don't yeah. do that. Happens enough um, on a film set with all those right. fucking water bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, when they go around the roundabout, he gets the color of a mission that he wants, which is like really, <laughs> really gross. Yeah, dark charcoal gray, like the bad um, guy in Fern Gully. Yeah, but it's like very obviously CG. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's computer generated. I love uh, I love those emissions. little I love those little David Fincher CG flex. Yeah, of like, yeah. These lights aren't really here. We we added right. this mist, you know. Yeah, yeah. This entire view, it, none of it's real. No. <laughs> uh, just that video going around of Mamma Mia two, of just how much green screen was in that movie. No. Uh, I've never seen those. I need to watch them. The second one is legit great. No, I know. That's what I've heard. But I've also heard that, like, you kind of should watch the first one, too. Yeah. And I I want to. I want to. I know that it's not going to be, like, good. And I know that I'm watching it as homework to watch the second one. But, like. It's fun um, homework. It's The the first one's, like, a campy, fun kind of. I think it's, I think it's well. I think it's more competently made than, like, Cats. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's enough people in it that I like that I I'll be able to get through it even if I don't like it. Yeah, you know? and like a really really effective usage of your your Stellan Skarsgård, your Colin Firth, your Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. That's that's see that's some that's some good stuff. Yeah. Um it's and great. uh 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 Baranski, Christine Baranski. Oh, yeah, great Baranski. Yeah. Meryl Love Streep. Christine Baranski. Yeah. She's actually she wanted, I, she she wanted to fuck the Grinch once. <laughs> Yes, she did. Real bad. Martha Mayhew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if she uh, can make that work. She can make anything actually, work. Actually, hey, this will help. Uh, I actually think there's more Baranski in the first one than in the second one. Wow. Well, this, yeah, because the, the second one's all flashbacks. Yeah, but the actress yeah. they get to play young Christine Baranski is uh-huh. insane. Really? Like, I know, like Lily James gets all the love because she she does really a really good job at embodying Meryl Streep, but like the actress yeah. playing young Christine Baranski is fucking insane. Uh, we have been talking about like what we're going to do after um, Cornell Minutes over, and uh, we definitely don't want to do another minute podcast. And one of the things that we thought of uh, was maybe doing a podcast where we we cover franchises like one movie at a time. So like mm-hmm. so like if we did like you know, the Scream franchise. And we did like, you know, one episode would be about Scream, then Scream 2, then Scream 3, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. And like, you know, lots of different franchises, kind of like what we did with um, Fast and the Furious uh, during our hiatus on the, on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we could do Mamma Mia. That'd, that'd just be like a quick twofer, little little mini yeah, series. but that'd be great. Yeah. Um, definitely, uh, definitely something I think we could, we could have a lot of fun with. And I also personally, I think I like, the songs this sounds weird to say but i think the abba songs they pick in part two i like those more because they're they're um because the the first movie is a adaptation of a musical yes of there, a was jukebox a, musical. there was a stage show called mamma mia with the plot of the movie mamma mia and the songs from mamma mia and then mamma mia here we go again was uh an original plot conceived for film right and that's why it's better Yes, because <laughs> um, if you if you've watched any of Lindsay Ellis's uh, video essays about movie musicals, they are hard to pull off. Yes, uh, because because you can't you can't adapt something that is meant for the stage into a feature film without it feeling weird and awkward and like it's betraying everything that makes a movie a movie. Yeah, like uh, a big old chandelier coming down from the the ceiling, breathtaking on the stage. Mm-hmm. Kind of just it, not, not a big deal in a movie. No, no, not at all. Not, not remotely a big deal. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's a chandelier. Okay, cool, cool, great. Oh man! But on stage, um, it's like, holy shit! Yeah, that Phantom uh, video essay is uh, uh, eye-opening. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize how cheap that movie was until she was pointing out how cheap it was, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> they made this movie for five dollars." Jesus, yeah, and oh, yeah, yeah. It was like an independent film, right? I crazy. I think it was, yeah, yeah. When's crazy. the last time Joel Schumacher made a movie? I don't know. 
I like legitimately. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. What's he been doing? Just having sex. <laughs> Presumably having the sex with tens of thousands of men. Oh man. Is that right? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, it's, I, is it just men? I think he had the. Oh, I know. Yeah, you're right. I think that quote was that he had like he's had sex with like thirty thousand people. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's all kinds of people. It's everybody. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a, he's a man about town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the last thing he directed were two episodes of House of Cards in 2013. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that there. So I think he is uh, full blown retired. Not gonna touch that. Not gonna. Yeah, yeah. His last feature was a movie called Trespass in 2011. Oh, when Nicole starring, Kidman. Yeah, Nicole Kidman, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and it's boring Nick Cage. It's not like fun Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage in glasses. Yeah, it's Nick Cage. You're like, oh, God, they're going to take, take my house if I don't make 50 movies this year. Yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, and it's got um, uh, Ben Mendelsohn before he was Ben Mendelsohn. Boy. In it. Yeah. Ben Mendelsohn, Joel Schumacher, Nicolas Cage, and Nicole Kidman just like sitting around a table. That's an interesting yep. visual. Yep. Yep. Written by someone named Carl Jadustic, uh, who also wrote uh, Oblivion. Oh. And uh, he apparently wrote The King's Man whenever that eventually comes out. Right. Yeah. Um, he was a writer on Dead Like Me. That's fun. I never got into that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's the that's the one Brian Fuller show I haven't really gotten into. Yeah, I mean it's not. It's only Brian Fuller for like four episodes, oh, and then okay. he got fired. Got it. Got um, it. he got fired because he wanted the dad to be gay, and Showtime was like, "Ew, gross." Um, show- gay people on Showtime. Yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that's and that's why he quit. He he is he is a guy who seems like. He is like a real troublemaker because he's always getting fired for sh- from shit. But he just like he stands by his fucking convictions. Yeah. You kind of have to respect that. It's like he's like, no, there's going to be gay characters on the show. And the networks right. are always like, get out of here, you troublemaker. And he's like, OK, I just I think there should be gay people in shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's always something like that. He's always like it's not always gay people, but it's 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 just it's always something like that situation yeah. where. Where it's like, yeah, no, his her dad was closeted. He's having an affair with a with a male student because he's gay and he's trying to like take out his frustration somewhere, and yeah. that's what the story is. And they're like, ah, uh, no, he's actually having an affair with a female student because uh, that's hot. That's hot. And we're Showtime. Straight people. Hashtag straight people for life. It's so, and it's kind of a bummer <laughs> that I think pushing daisies was like his long, you know, sort of his smoothest sailing ship, I guess. Uh, it was probably Hannibal. Hannibal, yeah. Hannibal was three years. Hannibal was three years. And if you and you get to the when you get to the end of Hannibal, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it feels like they never got involved. Like the studio never got involved. Got it. <laughs> like that show just kept getting weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and and so yeah, I think I think that's probably his most successful sailing ship. Sure. Was 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 Hannibal. <laughs> Pun intended. Hey, well, um well. Hey, and then and then I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a Star Trek Discovery guy. I haven't I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, he only he only co-wrote the pilot, and Akiva Goldsman wrote over him. I think Ugh. so. I don't think I don't think there's anything about that show that it was still him, other than the name of the main character, which was like it's like a you know very much a Brian Fuller staple, which is naming the female lead of his show, uh, uh, giving them like a male nickname. Mm-hmm. That was like that's like. That's like the the thing about a Brian Fuller show. Every show he's ever created, the, the female sign. lead has has a has a male nickname. Chuck. Uh, yep. Uh, what was the girl's name in Wonderfalls? Uh, uh, uh. Oh man, what Bob. is her name? Wonderfalls. Yeah, I mean, it it really is something like that. Um, let me see here. It's Jay. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Jay. Uh, and on Dead Like Me, the character's name is. Where is it? George. Yeah. Um, and on Star Trek Discovery. Is that Michelle Yeoh's character? Uh no, it's um it's the one from uh it's the it's the actress from The Walking Dead. Um uh, uh what is her name? Uh Michael. 
<laughs> okay. Her name is Michael Burnham. So that one. Uh, that one was the. That was a big one. Yeah. Uh. So uh, he uh, Brian Fuller. He loves naming his female uh, leads with uh, male names. It's like his state. It's like his little. His little signature. It's his. Uh, <laughs> it's his red apple cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's how he knows. It's how you know it's a Brian Fuller show. Oh, this one's a Brian Fuller joint. Hi, my name's Jeff, but I'm yeah. a sprightly brunette. I think there was one on Hannibal too. I think he created an original character on Hannibal. And, oh well, well, but, in, uh, well, in Hannibal, uh, you had Freddie Lowndes, who was a male in the books. That's it. That's it. You yeah. got it. Wow, nailed it. Yeah, nice. I don't you even really go that even, one out. I don't even go here. Wow, that's great. I've seen yeah. like I've watched a full. Se- I've watched some of Hannibal season two, and then I just I think I lost access to it. Oh yeah, that's fair. Um, it was all over the place. I think it's on Prime now. Oh cool, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Just toss that on the bottom of your list. <laughs> in the hole. There it goes. I'll get to you in five years, like marvelous. <laughs> oh man. And the um, Americans. And then So you know, okay. please, please. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was I, I was gonna get to the uh, the star of the minute. Yeah, continue, please. Uh, we get to the B and B. We have a brief uh, altercation between. Uh, uh, <laughs> he almost said Michael now. Between uh, uh, Gary and Andy, where it's like, yeah. oh, what's this about? We're about to get annihilated. Is this like the third time you said annihilated already? No, I think this is the first time he said annihilated. Okay, maybe because we say. I think something. we've just said it so much yeah. in every episode. <laughs> And then uh, they get to the Airbnb, and they are met by uh, Cornetto MVP Julia Deacon. Yeah. Of spaced fame. Yeah. And have she you, was- Have you got any plans for dinner at all? Who was she in Hot Fuzz? She was the the, the wife. Uh, yes. When I'm actually 55. Five. 53. <laughs> yeah. He said I'm 55. When I'm actually 53. Fucking murder them. <laughs> so- uh, Bless. OG fans of the show know that uh, mm-hmm. Julia Deacon was in Spaced as Marsha. Marsha. Marsha Klein mm-hmm. from 1999 to 2001. She was in Coronation Street. She's been working, man. There's There hasn't been a year that gone by without at least her popping up in a couple of shows. Uh, House of Anubis from 2011 to 2012. She played Miss Daphne Andrews. She was in The Sweeney. She was in a show called Doctor. She was in a show called Big Bad World. She was in uh, another another person we weirdly keep coming back to. She was in Ben Wheatley's High Rise. Mm-hmm. You know, hair aside, I think uh, uh, she looks the most like Marsha now, like in this movie. Like, yes, yeah. like she she has because like I, it it seemed to me that like on Spaced, she was playing a, a character that was seemingly older than she actually was mm-hmm. you know and was um, inspired, at the time and was inspired by a man that her her voice in that was sort of inspired by a man that julia deacon knew in real life right 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 oh, wow. um and so now i feel like she is she as of this movie i mean i don't i don't know i haven't seen her since i don't think since this mm-hmm. movie um but uh as of this movie you put the 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 Marshall wig on her and she just would like instantly, it would just be an instant transformation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I think, I think she has become the character that she was like attempting to portray right. in, uh, in, in, in space. Kind of a, uh, uh, a Max von Sydow exorcist situation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Um, I love her. She's great. Uh, she's great. It's it's really cool that he, knowing that this was the end of the Cornetto trilogy, he just like found roles for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, Jessica Hines and Stevenson couldn't pop up. But I think- it's really it's a bummer that yeah. she's not in this. Honestly, it's a bummer that she's not in everything. Yeah, but you know she's uh uh, uh we got um. You know, but later in the movie, we, we get uh, Brian Definitely. Um, from from space, which is the first time he's been in any of these. Yeah. So so we get that at least. And we've already seen. Uh, uh, God, I forgot his name already. Um, uh, the guy, the club guy in space, the raver. Oh, 
Oh, right, right, right. Tires. Yeah, the Reverend Green. Yeah, tires, the Reverend Green. Yeah, Michael Smiley. Hello, hello, you lucky people. Oh, you lucky people. people. Um, yeah, we're going to get, we'll get him more uh, later on. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope, I hope Julia Deacon pops up in Last Night in Soho. Oh, that would be awesome. I hope, uh, I hope uh, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Hines and A. Stevens uh, uh, pops up in that movie. Yeah, that'd be great. I just, I just, I, I miss her. I want to see her again. I just, I want them to make a movie together. Yeah. Really bad. Like, like full blown, make a movie together, like write it together. Mm-hmm. She stars in it. Like just be the Simon Pegg in a movie. With she's Edgar Wright. I think. Cause you know, she's in the Paddington movies. Oh no, she's yeah, in Paddington she too. Yeah. Yeah. Just the second one. Yeah. Uh, and I think she transitioned into uh, educating. Oh, is that right? I think she like teaches acting. Oh, people. interesting. You know who else was an acting teacher for a long time was Karen Allen. Oh, yeah. I feel like I knew that. Maybe I learned that from Indiana Jones Minute, maybe. Yeah, sure. like they pulled her out of retirement to do Crystal Skull. Right, right. Wow. But she was great. Yeah. I like she Crystal was great. Skull. I don't hate it. I, I, I only hate parts of it. Sure. Yeah. Mo- mostly, mostly, I think it's fine. It loses a lot of steam in Act 3. Yes. Yes, Act Three is rough. Uh, the chase sequence through the college is like tip top, like best of the best Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah, in my my estimation, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really really good. And uh, and then I think I just think it doesn't um, have an interesting MacGuffin the way that the other three do. No, it definitely doesn't have an interesting MacGuffin. Well, no, that's that's not true. Temple of Doom doesn't have a good MacGuffin. Yeah, well, for me, it goes Raiders, Crusade. Yeah, but yeah. honestly, Doom and Crystal Skull are like neck and neck for me. I don't really go yeah. back to Temple of Doom very much. It's not a fun watch for me. It's it's not, and it's super racist. <laughs> it's super racist. You know what? The minecart scene is the college chase scene of Temple yep. of Doom. Yep, hundred percent. Where you're like, this is insane, and then it's yeah. I don't know. I don't really. Go and then the the uh, the the monkey brain eating scene is the uh, the uh, swinging with Shia the LaBeouf swinging through the trees scene. <laughs> With the monkeys. So every time monkeys get involved in an Indiana Jones movie, um, oh, look out. Oh, that's not true. We get the Nazi monkey in Raiders, which is great. Great. Yeah. That's that that he's an all timer. I feel like they should have just like let it let it ride there. It's like we're <laughs> yeah. never gonna beat Nazi monkey. Did you uh have you heard uh, I'll, I'll share this on the show. I, I learned a really interesting Steven Spielberg kind of monkey related fact the other day. Mm-hmm. Um in an original draft or, or version of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, uh, you never learn about the fate of Babu Freak. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Yes. Yeah. And then after the lights went on, Steven Spielberg was like, what happened to Babu? Yeah. Like, uh, That's all I care about. What happened to Babu? And so they literally. Where is he? What'd you do with him? <laughs> Where is he? He just starts shaking J.J. Abrams. He's C-3PO's oldest friend. <laughs> and so they literally <laughs> they literally went in and just digitally had him like, whoa, like. Yeah. <laughs> just used existing footage they had of him and just CGI'd him into. Zori's ship. Uh, yeah, Zori's ship. Just to make Steven Spielberg. And he was right. He's a fucking genius. He knew exactly what we wanted. Yeah, I he knew have... that that Babu Frick was the star of that movie, whether anyone wanted to admit it yeah, or not. That we would not have been able to really enjoy that third act, knowing that Babu Frick, or not knowing if Babu Frick had died. Yeah. Oh man, Babu. <laughs> but yeah, Babu Frick's great. <laughs> he is Shirley Henderson, super underrated, a legend, absolute legend. Shirley Henderson didn't know that Babu Frick lived until she saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, Shirley Anderson was in uh all was in all of the Bridget Jones movies. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm it's surprised. Like one of the only times that she played like just like a normal character, <laughs> just like a regular person. Yeah, not a ghost or a little, little not, like, not a ghost of a of a of a child that was like you know murdered twenty years her junior. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised uh, Shirley Anderson hasn't shown up in an Edgar Wright joint. So am I actually. Maybe she doesn't do a lot of like regular acting anymore. Like maybe maybe she's like mostly like voice work and stuff now. I know she's a Marie Antoinette, but that was like ten years ago. Yeah, uh, I'm also surprised she hasn't showed up in Paddington. Yeah, she's there's um uh she she controlled the puppet uh in mm-hmm. in um in uh 
Rise. Uh, in Rise. Yeah, they show that in the documentary. Yeah. She's like, uh, she's like, she like learns how to use it. They like show her learning how to use the puppet. And then oh, that's great. she like, she like does it. And there's like a lot of like really funny outtakes of her like playing around with the puppet and like <laughs> making him say stuff and like trying to figure it out and figure out how he's going to move and how her voice is going to work and all of that. It's that's like, great. it's really fun. That's great. Yeah. She's, she's, she's really cool. I don't know. I really yeah. like her a lot. No, I, I, I'm always happy when she pops up. She's such a distinctive personality. She's such a great. Yeah singular voice <laughs> literally Liter- literally yeah yeah uh star wars episode nine they sold you to protect you well <laughs> oh man um adam driver also a talented voice actor is he he delivered that Has line he done a- anything animated he would he would kick the shit out of some like studio ghibli stuff yeah he would you're right about that for sure he definitely would um, but I don't think he's done any animation. Yeah. At least not to my knowledge. No, not to my mm-hmm. knowledge either. Hmm. Neither is, be good. Neither is Boyega. Is that right? No, Boyega did the, um, uh, not Animal Farm, but the other thing. Oh. Uh, he was the rabbit. Watership Down. Watership Down. Yeah. I, I never, I never watched that. I never did. I heard, I, I never did either. I heard it wasn't good. Yeah. I'm good with the, uh, the old childhood scarring watership down cartoon (laughs) with john hurt john hurt it's true bringing it back yeah i'm a rabbit um oh you know what's really weird about uh uh speaking of star wars people doing voice work Mm -hmm. daisy ridley uh did the voice in uh only yesterday and she does an american accent Whoa. So she's she's like almost unrecognizable, but then it's even weirder because she does an American accent, but then the male lead of the of the movie is uh voiced by um oh uh what is his name? He's gonna be David Copperfield this year in the oh, green. Uh Dev green Patel. Dev Patel. Dev Patel, but he does a British accent. Why is he doesn't it... he does his natural British accent? So for some reason, Daisy Ridley is American voicing a Japanese character. <laughs> And he's British voicing a Japanese character. And I don't understand where the what the consistency there is supposed That's to be. so weird. I guess you're just supposed to roll with it because you're like, the, look, the point is that neither of them are Japanese and they're playing <laughs> Japanese. So, like, it really doesn't matter. Like, and I think that's what they're going for. That's so interesting because like, I know I wonder if it was a character choice because, you know, like the reason that Finn has an American accent is because they just came to that conclusion naturally where they're like, I don't know. This character just doesn't sound right with my natural accent. Yeah. He just kind of, his naive, his naivete, his open heartedness just kind of fits better with like a neutral or not a neutral, but like an American accent. Right. Right. So I wonder if it was like a choice on the filmmakers part for only yesterday. I don't know. I don't know. Is that streaming? Did you, or did you rent it? I rented it. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Julia Deacons, man. I'm excited about tomorrow or Monday. Yeah. Well, just next week in general. Mm-hmm. Next week we get. Well, yeah. Monday we get the monologue, which is yeah. amazing. Um, but then we get uh, that really great musical interlude that first as they're walking into town, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then we get the first post. Um, I don't know if we're going to get all the way to uh, to the second pub the old familiar but yeah they're um, in the first post for a minute yeah I don't, i'm not sure i don't i don't know how the breakdown works if we're if we're going to get to uh the old familiar next week or if, if we're getting to like basically like one stop a week got it I'm not sure but we'll we'll find out for 12 weeks yep <laughs> yep um so yeah that's uh that's that's uh week four down four weeks down four weeks down we did it guys yep and girls and whoever is listening to this. Yep. Next week, we uh, we we prepare to get annihilated. Well, thank you for listening. Uh-huh. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, be uh-huh. sure to, uh, as we close out this week, uh, check out our, uh, our Patreon, duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, we really appreciate it. For as little as $3 a month, you mm-hmm. uh, will gain access to literally hundreds of hours of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geek by Night, us talking about the Fast and Furious. Geek, Geek by Night's a larger level. Geek, Geek by, by Night. Geek, a... Geek by Night is five dollars a month. 
Yeah, five dollars a month. Yeah, the gig yeah. stuff is five dollars a month. So yeah, so we we really try the, to make the our- tiers. I just redid the tiers. I guess you should bring that up real quick. Oh yeah, uh, please, I, please. yeah. I just redid the tiers on Patreon. So a dollar a month gets you the mini shows, gets you access to the mini shows, which is uh, theme park. This is uh, Fast Pass show uh, where we talk about like theme park news, and we're going to talk about like theme park episodes of sitcoms and stuff, like where like you know like the cast of Full House goes to Disney World. Um, like stuff like that. Uh, and, and so we're going to be, we're going to be doing stuff like that on the fast pass. Uh, and then, uh, you also get Scott Pilgrim versus the minute or Scott Pilgrim minute. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the minute is another Scott Pilgrim show. And the reason why Scott Pilgrim minute is Patreon exclusive. Um, so yeah, you get both of those for a dollar a month. Uh, and it basically equates to like four episodes, a a month essentially. Um, so like three episodes of Scott Pilgrim and an episode of theme park this fast pass and you get that for a dollar a month that's uh that's 25 cents an episode that's nothing and then uh at three dollars a month you get all that plus uh you get nick and i's not writing show which we've uh we've brought back um which we're trying to do it i think about every other week or so because we got you know time to kill during the uh during this quarantine thing Mm -hmm. um so we're going to be doing that and that's just us talking about whatever comes up it's a it's a conversation show it's not really about anything um, and then, uh, we have, uh, 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 a weekend bugle, which I do with Zach. We do movie commentaries. We do movie reviews. Uh, it's something like, I think it's like 260 podcast episodes that you gain access to at the $3 a month ra- range. Um, and then, you know, you're talking the four plus like at least four others, uh, every month. So that's like eight podcasts for $3 a month. I think it's even more than that is what it ends up being because I think we do some of them. They're not all weekly or they're not all and like some of them are biweekly, but like multiple. I don't know. I don't, I forget how it actually breaks down, but it's, it's a lot of podcasts, uh, material for $3. And then the $5 level is like the geek by night fan level where you, you get some like geek by night bonus content, but, um, yeah, $3 a month. It's nothing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're so grateful to have all of our listeners and we're so grateful for the Patreon subscribers that we do have. But uh, having more would definitely be cool. Mm -hmm. Definitely Mm -hmm. help us out, uh, you know, give us more means to grow and expand and make more cool stuff for you guys. And we think it's a cool bargain. So if you have uh, if you're lucky enough to have some change to throw around and spare, uh, we'd really appreciate your financial support on duelinggenre.com slash support. And uh, we'll be back next week to annihilate minute 21. But in the meantime, let's move on. Cause I'm free.